And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. I'm looking at what the stock market's doing, and it's not, it's, it's just not pretty. It's not pretty. I don't care what stock chart you look at. I'm looking at the Dow Jones Industrial Average right now, and here's, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that every dollar that you put into whatever funds that are in the Dow, you don't even, let me, let me ask you a question. Do you even know where your money's invested. I, I think I think we need to start there because I'm, I'm about ready to talk to you about the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I'm about ready to talk about the S&P 500. I'm going to bring up the NASDAQ. I'm going to talk about what those indexes have done over the last two years. And it just dawned on me that maybe you don't even know what you're invested in. I, I think that's a serious, serious problem. What I am telling you is that I don't think you fully understand whatever it is that you're invested in. Now, let's, let's take a step back. Where, where is your money going? Are, are, first of all, do you have something like a 401k? Okay, if you've got a 401k, check. Now we know where some of your money is going. Do you have an IRA? Check or no check. Doesn't matter how you check that box. Maybe some of the money's going to an IRA. Maybe some of the money's not going to an IRA. Maybe, maybe, maybe you have gold and silver in your portfolio. Maybe some of your money is going to gold and silver because you're watching all these TV commercials telling you that, well, if silver just doubles in value. Now, keep, keep in mind that silver had to go down in value in order to give you that opportunity for it to go back up and double in price, right? Let's analyze the logic of it. So what exactly are you invested in? You probably don't know. You probably don't know. Now, you could probably throw out a mutual fund index, or you could probably throw out a dozen or so different stocks. But if you really sit down and analyze those companies, what do you know about them? And chances are you don't know anything about those companies. You might actually be invested in companies that, that do things that are contrary to what you think is right and correct in this country. Are you aware of that? Yeah. Now, now let me, let me take a step back because I don't want to bash on you. I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. Here's the point I want to make. I know exactly what I'm invested in. I know exactly where my money is at. I know how much money I have in each of my investment accounts as they're associated with the properties, you heard me correctly, the properties that I'm invested in. I know exactly what those properties are doing. I know what the net operating income is on those assets as of today. I know what the marketing plan is to build that NOI. I am paying attention to what's going on with the interest rates Although the interest rates aren't a bother to me right now because the assets I'm invested in are all fixed rate assets, meaning the interest rate doesn't change. So I'm, I know exactly what I'm invested in, and I know exactly that all of the investments that I'm in are on track or doing better than they're supposed to be doing as of this time and place. I am also retired. You heard me correctly. I am retired. I retired myself with real estate. I didn't retire myself doing what you're doing right now. I trust me. I tried the stock thing. I really did. I tried the stock market thing. And here's what I learned about the stock market. 
you need a whole lot more time than you have available time in order to do the research on the companies that you're going to invest in because you need to know what you're invested in. Otherwise, all you're doing is you're, 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 you're making an election with, with your human resources office to take a portion of whatever you make, put it into some so-called investing account. Maybe your company matches funds. Maybe they don't. If they match, they put that money in there. And then all you do is you look at a web page that takes you to your financial services company, and it, and it shows you a projection of what your investments are doing, as well as what they have done. And you have no idea what's in that mutual fund at all, do you? You really don't. I'm here to tell you, you don't. Now, for those of you that are invested in individual stocks, you probably have a better understanding of the companies you're invested in. But are you investing in those companies because you have a, a moral allegiance to them? Or are you investing in those companies because they're they're indicating to you that they have excellent growth opportunities and therefore that will help drive the share price up and that's how you make money. If, if you're doing that, then you probably have a better understanding of what you're invested in. But here's the problem. I know for a fact that three out of four stocks follow the indices. One out of four doesn't, but three out of four do. And that's the problem. When I started off the show, I told you I was looking at three different stock indices. I was looking at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, I'm looking at the NASDAQ, and I'm looking at the S&P 500. And here's the correlation between the three. They, they all look a little bit different. They, they all have a slightly different graph pattern to them. But here's the one correlation that I can make that's absolutely true as of today. Money that you invested in any stock after March of 2021 made you no money. It made you no money. All it did was buy you shares and companies that aren't doing anything to get you closer to retirement. Now, it's a lot different than the phone call I got just before I came on the radio when I was talking to my buddy Dave, and he said, dude, that deal I bought in San Antonio, it's, it's a home run. And I went, okay, David, what do you describe as a home run deal? And he said, I bought a house in the San Antonio market. Now, David does not live in the San Antonio area, by the way. He lives in the Houston area about a three and a half, four hour drive from where he lives. I'm just going to give you the feedback on the ways he made money. Okay. I'm just going to tell you how he made money. First of all, he told me I'm getting a 21% cash on cash return. And I went, David, that's, that's a really good rate of return, man. And he's like, I know, man, I was, I was hoping I'd be in the teens, but I got it to 21% and I'm super excited. So I said, okay, so what's, what's your, what's your cash flow? How much, how much cash flow are, are you making every month? He's, he says, it's not crazy cash flow, but I'm making my minimums. I'm getting $215 a month. And I went, are you telling me, David, that you only put $12,000 into this house? And he said, Al, have you been doing the math? And I went, well, of course I've been doing the math in my head. Why wouldn't I be doing the math in the head, in my head? And he's like, well, your, your math is correct. I only put $12,000 into the asset. I'm getting a 21% cash on cash return just on the cash flow. Yeah, just on the cash flow. Now let's, let's, let's break that down for a minute because $215 a month works into an annualized return of $2,580. Now that may not sound like enough money to retire yourself on, but if you get enough assets producing that kind of money, you can get yourself retired. That's what David's working on. David is working on getting himself 100% retired. Now he's not quite there, but he is on 
his path. He is following his map to financial freedom, and he's going to get it done in five years or less. And the reason I know this is because, well, David's a friend of mine. I've known David, well, I would say for the last three, maybe four years, and I've been watching his investing journey. I watched him start with very little money, but a lot of available time. And that's that's just where David started in his investing journey. Now, David's about my age, and I'm not going to give you a whole bunch of background on David because that background doesn't matter. Just understand that he started in a place where he didn't have a ton of money, but he had available time. So because he had those types of resources and the way the resources were distributed to who he was, he went with what he had, and he started investing into real estate. He started buying houses. He bought one house, and then he bought another house, and then he bought another house, and then he bought a small multifamily apartment community, and then he got back into buying houses again. And this house he just bought in San Antonio, now get this, a 366% return on capital gains. And you're thinking, Al, what does that mean? <laughs> okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. A 366% return on capital gains means he put about $12,000 of his own money into this asset. That's, that's what it took. That's what had to come out of his own wallet, out of his own pocket, if you will. He put that into the deal. But because he bought the property correctly, he bought a very distressed asset and he refurbished that asset. He renewed that asset. He breathed new life into that asset. Because he did that, he is capturing $55,000 in total equity. Now, about 43000 of that is equity capture, equity capture capture $43,000. So let's do the math real quick. If you, if you're putting $12,000 into a deal, but you just made $43,000 in additional equity on top of that $12,000, because you're buying the property at wholesale pricing, you're renovating the property at wholesale pricing, your all in cost is still at wholesale pricing. Yet that asset commands a certain retail price in the marketplace. The difference between those two is the equity that you capture in the deal. That is wealth that goes onto your balance sheet. You know what that means? It means that David more than tripled, you heard me correctly, more than tripled his money. He more than tripled his money. I think that's a really great thing. Now, what have you done in the stock market? Let me go back to my stock charts here. Here, I'll, I'll look at the Dow Jones for a while. Oh, that's not a pretty picture. Yeah, that, that picture is showing me the exact same problem that I described to you earlier in the show that you have to, oh no, oh no, it's even worse than I thought. I'm, I'm not looking at the Dow Jones. I'm looking at the NASDAQ. Oh no, tell me, tell me it's not terrible for the NASDAQ. Maybe did I misread the NASDAQ? No, I did not misread the NASDAQ. As a matter of fact, you would have to go back a little farther than March of 2021 uh, to indicate all the money you invested that didn't make you any money that actually lost money. You have to go all the way back to October of 20. So you have to go back an additional, what's that, five, five more months, five, six more months? Yeah, five or six more months. So that tells me that if you're invested in stocks that mimic what the NASDAQ index does, you haven't made any money in almost two and a half years. You haven't made any money in the last two and a half years. 
So let me go back to that Dow Jones Industrial Average chart because at least at least it has a softer feel to it. And what I'm finding is that, okay, you haven't made money in the last two years if you're invested in stocks that mimic the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Same thing with the S&P 500. It's, it's the same story with the S&P 500. You got to go all the way back to, to March of 2021 and you're not making any money. So how does this play out? You've gone two years, two years of your life, you have given up where your investing strategy has not made you any money. Now, some of you are screaming at the radio, dollar cost averaging, Al, dollar cost averaging, we're dollar cost averaging. Yeah, you're dollar cost averaging. That's right, you are. But how long do you dollar cost average until you get back to a point where those dollars that you've been putting into those stocks start making you money? It could be another year, maybe two years, possibly three years. We don't know what the stock market's going to do. We know what's going on in the economy in this country, and a lot of us are not happy about the direction the economy's going. But nothing's changed with the economy, has it? And nothing's changed with the stock market either. So it, it, it's indicative to me that the stock market is probably going to continue on its little death spiral that it's on and not make you any money for some time to come. Now, I am not an expert in predicting what the stock market will do, but I know this for a fact. The stock market does exactly what it wants to do, and it doesn't care about what your goals and objectives are. Real estate, however, real estate's a little bit different. We come back from the break. We're going to talk about it. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. Stock market isn't. Now, stock market is not working on your financial freedom. I've, I've spent the first part of the show just kind of railing on the stock market. I'm not, not real happy with what the stock charts are telling me. And what the stock charts are telling me is that it could get worse 
before it gets better. So the question I have for you is this. How long are you willing to stay invested in something that isn't making you any money? That's the question. How long are you willing to keep your funds in something like a mutual fund or a 401k or an IRA or a stock fund account or a 403b or a uh, 529, whatever those things are? You know what I'm talking about, right? These are all of these different programs that are out there that, that have the word retirement attached to them, but they don't get you any closer to retirement than literally the day you started. Now, you may have started investing in the stock market 10 years ago. So, your perspective may be, well, I've done well for the first eight years. It's only been the past two years that things have gotten a little bit soft in the stock market. So I'll just go ahead and do my dollar cost averaging and I'll wait for the stock market to come back. And then all of those stocks that I bought when the prices were low, well, they will give me even better returns as the price goes high. And you know what I say to that? That's a pipe dream. That's a total pipe dream. Yeah, because you don't know what the stock market's going to do. The stock market could go up, but chances are it's going to go down. What, what is your experience with the stock market? Do you, do you wake up on a day and find out that it, it's gone up like $1,000 overnight? That like never happens. Okay, maybe it's happened once in life. I, I didn't even look it up. To be honest with you, I didn't look it up. But it goes down real fast, real hard when it wants to. Have you noticed that? I know you've woken up to a stock market that's like in a free fall. Yeah, a free fall. That's what they call it. When, when they put those little mechanical things into place where the computers go, oh, we're an 8% loss now on the NASDAQ. We have to stop all trading because Congress said we have to protect all the investors. Well, maybe what we ought to do is let the investors feel the, the benefits of their investments. Maybe if we're artificially stopping the downfall of the stock market, all we're doing is preventing the inevitable from happening. I'm going to stop picking on the stock market. I'm, I'm just going to stop doing it because I'm, I'm, I've, I can tell my blood pressure is getting up. My doctor does not like my blood pressure getting up. So I'm, I'm going to stop talking about stock markets and I'm going to start talking about real estate. Now, real estate is a completely different investing asset than the stocks are. Let me just give you some, some, some clear differences between the two. With a stock, do you get a tangible asset? No, you get a piece of paper. And I don't even think you get the pieces of paper anymore. I think you just get something in an account that shows you with a fractional share of something or other, and it's, and it's all monetized through software. I don't even think you even get that physical piece of paper saying you own X amount of stock B or whatever, whatever those, those things used to be. Versus real estate. When I buy real estate, I get a physical building. I get land. I get all the improvements and all the services that have been brought to the land available to me. I get access to electricity. I get access to water. I get access to sewer. If not sewer, then I have access to a septic system. I get access possibly to natural gas. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get access to telephone probably a highly, highly probable opportunity to get fiber. So I'm going to get all of the things that go to most real estate and it's all tangible. It's all tangible. Here's, here's one of the other differences between the two stocks, very liquid, very liquid. What does that mean? Liquid. It means that people can, can sell at a moment's notice. 
You, you could right now, you could be listening to this radio show and you, you could have the epiphany that investing in the stock market is, is the, the, the dumbest thing you've ever done in your life that you need to invest in real estate. That's obviously what I'm trying to convince you of. But you may think that to be a true statement and you may decide to divest all of your stocks right now. And you can do that literally from your computer. Most of you, 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 could, you could enter a sell order to sell everything that you have and it would be done. It would be done in like a moment's notice. Yeah, that's part of the reason why the stock market can do what it can do when it falls like a hot knife. It's because people are selling instantaneously, selling, 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 and there aren't enough people buying, 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 so it drives the price right down through the floor. It doesn't work as effectively the other way, but it definitely works when the price is going down. Now, real estate, on the other hand, not very liquid, not very liquid at all. I mean, you could walk up to the building, you could push your finger against the side of the building. It doesn't go anywhere, does it? No, that wall is not liquid. That wall is solid. Yeah, real estate is a solid asset. And when it comes to transacting real estate, because of the things that you need to take into consideration when, when you're investing in real estate, you have to have time to analyze the asset. You have to have time to inspect the asset. You have to have time to determine whether or not the asset is exactly what you thought it was when you entered into the agreement to purchase the asset, right? Does that make sense? Same thing on the selling side. If you decide to sell an asset, if I decide to sell an apartment building right now, it, it doesn't happen overnight. First of all, I've got a market for a, a credible, capable, and competent buyer. Okay, and then when I find that buyer, I, I've got to work with them. I've got to give them an opportunity to inspect the property. I've got to give them an opportunity to walk the property. I've got to give them an opportunity to review my financials so that they can they can indeed understand that what I've been saying is indeed true. So real estate takes time to transact. As a result of that, real estate does not tend to get the radical price changes that you see in the stock market. Now, real estate values, they do go up and they do go down, but they don't go up and down as radically fast as what you see in the stock market. So all of that, all that institutional buying that you see in the stock market, because that's what's going on. It's the big institutional buyers that move the stock market. It's not you, you with your fractional shares of whatever you got, now, you're not moving the market. It's the big institutional buyers and sellers that are moving the market. You're just trying to hopefully piggyback on one of them and, and take advantage of their success and hopefully avoid whatever failures that they have. Now, keep in mind, those big institutional investors, they, they creep along at like a 7 to 8% return. That's all they've got to get in order to do what they are financially obligated to do. And they have a huge overhead that, that they pay for that keeps them tracking that seven to eight percent return but i will tell you this if you're only getting 78 percent in the stock market you're not going to get yourself to a place of retirement let's let's talk about what real estate can do for you i think the most important thing that we can share with you at lifestyles unlimited is the fact that we have something called a roadmap that we provide you take a picture in your mind of what you think retirement looks like go ahead take a picture I hope you get that. Let me explain to you what retirement looks like for me. 100% control over my time. Yeah, that's it right there. 100% control over my time. My time is valuable. My time is limited. I only get so many hours on this earth. And then when those, that time is up, I'm gone. I'm dead. 
it's time for me to move on, right? And what happens? What happens when I die? Well, my children take over everything I leave behind because I'm not going to have a need for it. But let me get back to the retirement piece. My time is so important and valuable and precious to me. When, when I was in the military, the military controlled 100% of my time. 100% of it. They told me when I was supposed to be at places. They told me when I was supposed to, how I was supposed to dress to be there. They, they told me exactly what my schedule was going to be. They approved me as to whether or not they were going to allow me to take time off. And many times they told me, you can't take time off right now because we have something important going on. Yeah. So in my military career, I w- my operational tempo was always go, 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 go. Yeah. Yeah. That was me slapping my hand, by the way. It was just, it was just go, go, go. It was, it's like never had any time for myself. And in the rare occasion, I was able to take a week off and maybe go to Hawaii and hang out with my family. Well, those vacations were few and far between. Yeah. Few and far between. And if I did get the time off, I probably didn't have the money to take my family to Hawaii because that costs money. It costs money. Okay. So for me, Retirement is not only having money to do the things that I want to do, which, by the way, I am working on. I don't have as much money as I would like to have to do the things I would like to do. So that's one of those goals that I've set for myself. Earn more money. It's, it's a simple goal. And I'm working on achieving that goal. And, and here's the other thing that I'm doing. I am analyzing my portfolio. I am looking at what's in my portfolio and I'm deciding what needs to stay and what needs to go. Now, currently, all of the apartment communities in my portfolio, they need to stay because they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. As a matter of fact, more than half of them are actually exceeding my expectations. They're doing better than they were supposed to do. And I'm totally fine with that. But there is one asset that's in my portfolio that's not doing as well as my apartment communities are doing. And it's a single family house. It's a single family house that that I have left over from my single family inventory. And Tina and I have made a decision that we're going to sell that asset. We have made the decision to sell that asset. We actually made that decision to sell that asset a year ago. We were going to sell it to the resident that's living in the house, but she wasn't able to get qualified for it. So as a result, she was not able to buy it. I allowed her to continue to live in the property. But now we're, we're coming up to the end of the one-year period where I, I told her I would let her stay in the property. And even though she's not paying market rents, she's still paying a decent rent. So my point is this. I have to advise my resident that I am severing my business relationship with her. It will be time for her to move on, find a new place to live. I'll be more than happy to give her a good reference statement. If, if, if anybody she wants to rent from wants to contact me and ask me about her character as, as a, a resident in one of my properties, I'll be more than happy to tell them that she was a great resident. She, she was great. It's just business situations being what they were. I decided to sell the property. As a result, she needs a place to live. So I'm going to be fair and equitable with her. I'm going to move her out of the property. And one of the reasons we've made the decision to sell this property is we've got about $100,000 of debt equity in this property. Yeah, this asset's done very well for us. But the problem is having $100,000 of debt equity in a house that's worth $250,000 is not a good ratio. See, 
what we understand is that we could sell this house, pull that $100,000 of equity out, and we can buy four, potentially five houses to replace it. Now, ironically, this particular house is paying me $400. Well, it's not quite paying me $400 a month in cash flow. It should be, but it's only paying me about $250 a month in cash flow. It should be paying me $400 a month. But ironically, when I replace this house with four, potentially five houses that will also pay $400 per month, think about the difference in the cash flow. I'm trading in one asset and I'm taking $100,000 out of it. I'm giving back the potential $400 in cash flow and I'm trading it in for four, potentially five assets, maybe $2,000 a month in positive cash flow. And now I'm going to have four, possibly five assets going up in value through natural appreciation, as opposed to having just one do that. Now I can get all of this done in about a six month period of time. That means that easily before the end of 2023, I will have disposed of one asset. I will have acquired four, hopefully five assets to replace it. I will have improved all of those assets and I will have great residents living in those assets, paying their rent on time. And I will collect that rent on time, just like I'm supposed to. And I'm going to enjoy the benefits of cash flow. The beautiful thing is I am going to take a potential $400 a month in cash flow. And by the end of this year, I will have matured it to a 2000, well, let's call it $1,600. Cause I don't know if I'll be able to get that fifth house. I don't know that yet, but I'm very confident I can get four. So turning $400 into $1,600 of cash flow is a significant difference in my life. It's the difference between going to Cozumel, Mexico every month to go scuba diving and not going to Cozumel, Mexico and going scuba diving. Oh, uh, now you know that there's something on my, my goal list. Hey, look, hit you with a lot of stuff today. I want you to know this though. In order to get started, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop and let's get you going. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at Lifestyles lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.